Hello, podcasters, and welcome to the 15th episode of the Always Drive podcast, your weekly look at the latest news from the car, truck, and motorcycle industries where we take ourselves about as seriously as we do North Korea's intercontinental ballistic missile capabilities. I'm your host, Devlin Riggs, and I'm joined this week by not one or two, but three co-hosts, which by my math is more than the last three shows number of hosts combined. So I'm anticipating three times the excitement. Um, first up, my semi-frequent co-host, Mike Labazetta. Hey. Uh, the founder of Faro Law STL. Yep. Um, then next to him is my lovely wife, Dr. Kira Vili. Hello. She is a research scientist working on playing God with plants. Yep. And next to her is Mike's wife, Jessica Labazetta, who is a lovely event manager. I am. I plan parties. That the they're your and yours are the best parties. Oh, thank you. So uh, I originally planned to have you guys on the podcast because I thought you know last week was the New York Auto Show. There's going to be a hangover period where not a whole lot gets done, but then I sort of forgot about the Shanghai Auto Show, and the New York Auto Show is kind of a damp squib, and the Shanghai ended up being kind of interesting. So there is a Shanghai Auto Show. There is a Shanghai Auto Show. All right, all right, we're learning. Yes, this uh, gives listeners a bit of an insight into the level of general automotive awareness (laughs) of our co-hosts this week. So, So we're talking about cars. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, yeah. It, it wasn't the Always Drive podcast, like a golf drive. Oh. I, well, I, didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. golf is a car. It is a car. Oh, look at, yeah. So we want to talk yeah. about that golf. Uh, not a whole lot of golf news out there this week. It's a hot hatch. That's true. All right. But anyway, there, there did end up being quite a lot to get through this week. So uh, let's jump right into the news. First up this week, Star Wars. Not really car-related at all, but uh, the new trailer for The Last Jedi was released this week, and there were actually a few new spacecraft involved, which is sort of like Astro Cars. Um, Now, have you guys all seen the trailer yet? Yes. Yes, the minute it came out. And I made Kira watch it as well. I like Star Wars. (laughs) It's not like you force Star Wars on me. No, that's true. Um, Uh, Force. There ah, were. Yeah, that's good. Uh, oh, uh, no. <laughs> she's she's one with the being forced to do things. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about it. Yeah. Um, there were apparently a couple new vehicles uh, announced. There's one like scene where they're racing across the desert in these things that are like kicking up some rooster tails that actually look like rooster tails because <laughs> they're all red. Um, a couple other spaceships are new, but uh, I don't. I don't know. There's not a whole lot of like tangential car related sort of news. Did you there. just want to bring up Star Wars I basically and talk about did, it yes. because you like the trailer? So, no, no, no. Or, I, I I have two theories about this. Okay. okay. I, either uh, we all know cars are analogs for other parts of the body, right? Right. Um, well, this is no clearly just an attempt to take that to the next level. In what way? The giant probe hanging out the bottom of the ship. No? All right. Well, I mean... Second, second that's, theory. That's pretty literal. Just... Yeah, because Star Wars... George Lucas and Star Wars has, is known for their subtlety. That's that's fair. Uh, second theory. This is like 
the intergalactic version of a glass pack on your on your muffler. It's just there to make it look cooler. That's or true. Cooler. It's like the whistle tips. That's right. Oh lord. Yeah, that's Bub, that's only in the morning. Bub rub in <laughs> space. <laughs> oh god, I hope Bub rub is like red too in this film. <laughs> I heard he's, he's, he makes an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Little sis. Red one. Check again. Red two. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I just want to under I want to understand why it's asymmetrical. Like that's the weird thing. The ship? Because they're yeah. spaceship. It doesn't matter. There's no. But I thought there has to be some kind of science that is behind it. They're not just making shit up. I'm sorry. Can we curse on this podcast? Uh, yes. I, it's I mean, a. It's I have a, to mark no, it explicit in no. iTunes, which I feel like this is gives a family a show. Scarlet Letter. It's a family show. <laughs> Can you bleep that out? <laughs> yes, I will. Bleep it out. <laughs> that's bleep even that better. Out. Use a monkey. The noise. only person ever to be bleeped on the podcast is Jess. No, I think this show will be fairly explicit. <laughs> yeah, no, that's about okay, right. Good. Yeah, just go ahead. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, but don't you think that there is some science behind the the structures that they create don't you think plant biologists go is, for physics okay, you're asking well, me i'm a plant biologist out, but like don't they add get dan on the phone don't they have a that's right we do have a we rocket have, engineer we have a, friend a friend who's a rocket yes. engineer you have to ask him you should skype him in he probably yeah. doesn't How listen do you, to this podcast uh probably why not he's not? got like well, other a, things to he do he barely responds to text messages how because he's so busy listening to the podcast right that's probably the reason so i'm just saying that i feel like there might be some reason that it's drawn that way, but I yeah, think it's asymmetrical. Fair. We could. I mean, these uh, ships do go atmospheric because these ones, at least, we see on the surface of this planet, and which we do don't know has have, an atmosphere. That's that's true. Um, it has a blue sky though, so you would think that would reflect or refract oceanic. That's from the CGI, Devlin. Uh, fine. <laughs> I, here I go trying to be all scientific and accurate. Okay. Anyway, so there's a new Star Wars trailer out. Go, go look at it. <laughs> As vehicles. Um, yeah. I, I can't wait for this film. It's going to be cool. Um, next up, uh, the Apple, uh, it was revealed this week, uh, has been granted a permit to test autonomous vehicles in California. So despite their efforts to try to keep this project a secret, it is now out there for everyone to know that, hey, Apple is actually making an iCar. So they're doing this like via... 2002 when everything was i something well i mean everything still is i something well it's just because it's been around since then what's yeah. the what's the most recent new thing that's come out it's called an i something uh, the, they don't call iPad. it the iMac anymore do no they? they don't but ipad is it just a macbook yeah well that's the laptop so I'm does like... this kill <laughs> apple's chances of acquiring tesla I don't know. I, you know, since they're testing an autonomous vehicle, that doesn't necessarily mean that the vehicle that they're testing, they designed. It could just be that they took like a Camry or something and loaded it full of autonomous tech and are testing that. But you don't think they're so, going to put their own stamp on it and completely redesign a car and put the autonomousness in I, it? I think it's much more Apple-like that they would design something on their own from the ground up. You know, the only time I think they've ever done anything like that is putting, um, what, an application like iTunes on uh, PCs. Right. That's yeah. about all I can think of in terms right. of so, Apple using other people's hardware. Right. Usually they start well, from the ground up, so they make it all super fancy. and No, all, all the hardware they use is off the shelf. They just put it in a different well, package. That's, that's fair. 
but I mean, it's all. I mean, even the iPod, the original iPod, was all stuff you could buy. Yeah, but it's it's you know assembled by somebody and packaged as an Apple right. thing. Right. So, I mean, a lot of automakers use Takata airbags. They don't make <laughs> their own airbags, which in hindsight was probably a fuck up. But you know, there, there's bleep another bleep for you, Jess. Anyway, no, we're just going explicit. So. <clears throat> yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what what Apple does with this. Um, that they apparently list Robert Bosch as one of the suppliers um, for this autonomous tech, and Bosch is pretty far along in their own research on autonomous vehicles. They um, provide technology for a lot of other car companies that are uh, looking into or or trialing autonomous tech. So um, they're. they're probably are going to be some partnerships that Apple's working on here, but it sounds like they may be designing their own car from the ground up. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I'm terrified to think of that price point. <laughs> the, what the iCar is going to be? Well, you know, car prices for EVs at least are, are trending downwards, you know, um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, actually. Um, but next up, um, Fiat Maricone, is that, how do you pronounce it, his name, Mr. Italian? <laughs> Mr. First Best Italian. I'd say Marchione. Marchione. Um, he has, uh, he's the Fiat Chrysler CEO, and he's basically announced that nobody wants to buy them. <laughs> uh, Your listeners will be shocked. Yeah, I I know that I may not have branded Fiat Chrysler <laughs> in such a positive light historically, um, nor have they particularly deserved to be branded in a positive light. So um, I know there are probably a lot of automotive CEOs who listen to the podcast for news and advice, and um, I can only apologize to Mr. Marchione, um, uh but not too extensively because this was probably his fault. Are you sure it's not your like, it's not yours, not your fault. Not entirely my fault. Yeah, not like you have a lot of influence over the industry in general. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's a blessing and a curse. This, yeah, uh, yeah. This podcast. It's a power's responsibility. So yeah. Yeah, I'm like the automotive podcasting Spider Man. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and dead yep. air. I was actually wondering if this was more Fiat Chrysler being poison or Volkswagen having to deal with much more internally than we see with the fallout from Dieselgate and other things. That could be. Um, but, I mean, VW wasn't the only um, car company out there that could have been a potential suitor. I know they looked at GM as well, but, you know, with GM selling off Opel, I think there's uh, at least what looks to me like a lot of internalization of auto manufacturers now, whereas it used to be just years and years of consolidation. Now car companies are sort of focusing on their core competencies and their core assets and trying to develop them because the market is being disrupted by this electric and autonomous tech. They sort of need to get their own shit together so that they can compete effectively. So maybe, you know, their other car companies are just so focused on themselves right now that uh, it, it, it really is not a, it's you, it's not you, it's me situation <laughs> with Fiat Chrysler. But it's not you, it's it, me. It's uh, probably a little bit of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
yesterday, uh, apparently, uh, a couple days ago, Lucid Air, uh, which is a maker of a really cool-looking EV, admitted that uh, his company doesn't have enough money to start building a factory, um, meaning that their um, Lucid Air vehicle uh, is not likely to hit the road anytime soon and challenge Tesla for electric, electric vehicle hegemony. Uh, which is a bummer because uh, I think we need more companies out there challenging Tesla and, and spreading EV tech. So this is the, the Faraday future playbook. <laughs> I I like to think it's not that bad <laughs> because Faraday future, they man, they, they publicized the hell out of themselves and then couldn't meet up with any of the expectations that had been conjured up. Whereas Lucid Air, I think they've been flying mostly under the radar, but then they did allow some reporters to drive their 1,000-horsepower car and generated some hype with an actual physical being that wasn't just vaporware, which is what we've been seeing from uh, Faraday Future. So uh, I, I hope that they're, they are able to find some funding and, and start building because uh, their car sounds really cool. I can't imagine that investors who maybe were jilted by Tesla wouldn't want to invest in this unless there's something else there. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we only see what is is covered in the news. So, uh, you know, as investors get a deeper look at what Lucid Air has going on in terms of their own finances and their own structure, there will probably be questions that get asked by the investors, and hopefully they'll come up with some good answers to them. So anybody who wants in on a Series D... <laughs> I didn't even know they went up that high. They go up as high as you need. Apparently. Yeah. Um, so even though it got the wrap-up treatment last week, um, you might have been able to tell that the New York Auto Show wasn't particularly special by the inclusion of the new Kia Rio in the song <laughs> and the relative absence of any sports cars or anything really interesting. Um thing is though i think a lot of the automakers were saving their really good stuff for china uh because or or excuse me china um <laughs> so the, get it right yeah huge. at this point yeah, yeah. um it, th- it, there has been a huge show there the shanghai auto show um and there have been a lot of announcements especially from volkswagen and audi who have both debuted uh some new evs which we'll cover a little bit later in the new car segment um, Toyota also announced uh, a Mirai hydrogen fuel cell car will start testing in China. Um, and China actually has been pretty quick to adopt EVs, um, which is interesting because they don't really have the infrastructure there, but they definitely have the need because of their really, really awful smog that they have in their major cities. So maybe next time when they host the Olympics, just everyone will be buzzing around in EVs and they won't have to stop driving. Yeah, they won't uh, tell people that if they have an even number plate, they can't drive on yeah, three days yeah. a week. And yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, they, they need some more car companies to pop up offering affordable EVs, and they need to develop the infrastructure to allow them to charge quickly. Um, but I think Toyota and certainly Volkswagen have identified China as a growth opportunity for EVs, which is why they announce some alternative fuel vehicles there. Why do you think that, so then why do you think they did it in China instead of the United States who already has the infrastructure and presumably the Because we like coal. Clean coal. 
Is it clean? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's all clean. That's a, it's all that's, clean. That is a load off of no, my I've, mind. I've seen it. It's yeah. clean. 100% clean. Clean. Yeah. You could bathe in that coal. And not uh, die? Be clean. <laughs> so, why? back to your question. <laughs> um, I, I think they did it in China because China is still a developing market, but it's a developing market where there's a lot of money. Whereas the the United States market, we've started seeing sta- sales start tanking because I think there's an oversaturation of this market where people have the number of cars that they need and they're just buying cars as playthings now or yeah. um, maintaining a certain level based on replacement because people wreck their cars every freaking day. Um, <clears throat> so I think China represents a good opportunity to get in front of some buyers who are coming into money and coming into a market where they have an opportunity to buy something new and interesting. Yeah, I and can, something I can see that. environmentally responsible. I mean, uh, especially with uh, some of the rules put forth by our current administration, China may start to overtake us in terms of their environmental friendliness. But I mean, they have a lot more progress to make than we do too. Yeah, but if you get rid of the EPA, exactly. I mean, we're we're gonna give China a run for their money. It, it's so. interesting that the Mirai is a sedan. Yeah. So I I wonder if uh, maybe Devlin, you should move to China. They 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 like <laughs> sedans as opposed to the uh, the SUVs. Oh, well, I, I guarantee you, there are plenty of crossovers in China. Yeah. Both the both the Audi and the Volkswagen cars were crossovers that they I thought they there. were all just tiny like Japan why would you have the a giant cars? yeah why would oh. you have a giant car in China right. well they have a lot more country to go to develop and I mean a lot of the newer towns they've been they, they can spread out yeah Japan's pretty landlocked and they have you know centuries old roads that were designed for horse and buggies whereas China you just develop further and further out yeah I just imagine their cities just being extremely dense and that's where most of the population is and so if you were going to have a car I would think you'd want it to be tiny yeah I, I mean I, I can speak to Beijing because I've been there but it, it wasn't particularly dense I mean oh, really? the roads were pretty wide um, they're you know not really different than what you'd see in a sort of mid larger size city here hmm I, yeah, I, I have was, that view of Hong Kong, I yeah, think. Yeah, Mike, you've been to Hong well, Kong. Hong Kong, they just build up. Yeah. So plenty of space for roads. Yeah. All right. Well, and, and they're, they're actually, they just keep uh, reclaiming land from Hong Kong Harbor, so. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's true. You just make more land. Yeah, it yeah. works. Pile, I mean, that, Pile trash on it. <laughs> well, you know, whatever works. But no, I think they're now five or six blocks into the harbor from where the original coastline was. Wow. Um, so yeah, there have been some interesting cars coming out in, uh, in Shanghai and we'll cover a few of them in our new car segment. Uh, next up though, Volkswagen, uh, they really want you to forget all about that, uh, that whole issue where they cheated emissions tests for years, causing yet unknown levels of damage to our atmosphere and increasing airborne carcinogens uh, by as much as 35% of the allowable levels. 35 times. 35 times, yes. Excuse me. <laughs> that's three. 3,500%. 3, 3, <laughs> <laughs> A lot more than 35. Um, but guess who wants you to forget all that? Volkswagen. Because they're super environmentally conscious now. And they're making oh. so many great electric vehicles for you. That's so good. I know. Not for me. 
Not for you. No. You, well, you already have sort of an electric vehicle. Sort of. Um, but not a Volkswagen. Not a not Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Uh, in fact, they're planning on rolling out four affordable EVs in the next few years and have already debuted two, the ID, which uh, looks pretty much exactly like a Prius in shape, the ID Buzz, which was the all-electric VW bus that came out last year that looked really attractive. What What is what is ID? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Did not come up in my research. I'm sure there is an answer for that. Probably. It just does, it doesn't occur to me what it would be. At I'll look it up. Independent design? Intelligent design? I, don't I know. bet it's intelligent design. Could be oh, that right. it could be that. Um, anyway, the new car is called... Uh, well, we'll get into that in the new car segment. I didn't list that here. Um, the, the interesting thing I think about this is that Volkswagen can totally pull this off and pull off a major electric vehicle upset, uh, sort of stealing market share away from Tesla, um, because they're, they're a a huge car maker. Um, so girls, how many car makers do you know that, uh, VW owns without looking at the script? Wait, wait, they're, oh, us. Yeah. Sorry, you said girl. Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Volkswagen. How many? What? Yeah. So, how many brands are there under VW's umbrella? They're they're There's the, big company brand. Is Golf one of them? Golf is a model. As a model. What Not did you mean brand. by cars? How how many brands? What brands, so brands does Volkswagen own? Oh, I have no idea. I was I. I don't know. I said golf. Uh, seven. It's apparently not one. I think you may have the number correct. <laughs> oh, but okay. So uh, <laughs> here in the States, we obviously have Audi and VW. Those are two sister companies, and they share a lot of the same oh, vehicles. Okay. But uh, in Europe, they have Skoda and Seat, what? which was a, uh, it's spelled seat, but it's pronounced Seat, <laughs> I assure you. Um, <clears throat> and... Those are some more like budget brand type of vehicles, but they also own uh, Lamborghini, Porsche, Bugatti, and Bentley. What? Yeah. So uh, they own Bentley. They own they, the they own British sports. Why? Yeah. Uh, because this was this happened in the time of consolidation that I was talking about. Because luxury brands efficiency. are terrible business people, sure. and they're always sure. getting bought by yeah. other people. Apparently, I had well, no idea. Fiat Chrysler owns Ferrari. Also yeah. strange. Yeah, yeah and strange. Maserati. So the same company makes the Fiat 500 and a big fancy sports car. Yeah, 599 GTO. Okay. Yep. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, they, they have a lot of different car companies underneath the umbrella of Volkswagen. So there's a, a lot of synergies that can happen there, a lot of different teams that can be used for research. And they can uh, badge engineer cars, meaning they can sell sort of more varieties of the same platform while spreading the costs among other uh, among the the brands within their family so and they're at all levels of the market as you mentioned yeah they they've got the the you know lower end covered with volkswagen and seat and the premium uh like sort of premium tangible uh with audi and maybe porsche and porsche, and porsche. And then further up the line with Lamborghini and Bugatti and Bentley. I mean, I doubt we'll see any of the technologies that put into Bugattis in 
your next golf. Um, <laughs> but Damn. you say that. <laughs> I am waiting for somebody to cram a W12 into a golf. <laughs> that would be amazing. Right? I'm waiting for someone to make an EV Bentley. Wouldn't that be I want to be driven around in a silent The next Bentayga um, could be EV. They they debuted one a couple weeks ago. I think I, I mean, talked about it. I mean, the Phantom just lends itself. Well, that's a Rolls-Royce. Okay. Well, still <laughs> anything you, like that. You meant that. the Continental. Yeah. No, I was thinking something quiet cuz anyway, the, the <laughs> Just, I want to be driven around in a silent car. That sounds so surreal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know. But then they'd have to pipe in noise so you don't go crazy. <laughs> yeah, but it could be anything. In, they already pipe in the noise, so what's the point? That's true. Yeah, a lot of cars, cars do that It could now. be literally anything. It could sound like I'm in the woods, but being driven around by my driver in my bed. Are you going to have a white noise machine with like the, the stream going in the Yeah, back. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, by a, we're by you, a brook. You already need that in your current car because when your Fusion drives around <laughs> in EV mode, you can hear the chassis creaking. <gasps> yeah, like it's, <laughs> it's like the it's, strangest <laughs> thing. I've never heard this in any I other like, car. And I'm I like sure it. it happens, but yeah. the hum of the motor is usually strong enough that it, it drowns it out. It just lets, It's the car just letting you, you know, it's reminding you that it's there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you could be hearing the woods. I could be hearing the woods in a, in a stream. Or a babbling brook. Yeah. So, yeah. so we could combine this with the like electrochromatic windows and actually so. make a wood scene yeah, in you the could back do windows. That. Yeah, if you're being driven. Yeah. I mean, it's really a, the, the, the crux of this is C- really the driver. Curtains are so <laughs> 19th century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She doesn't care what it is as long as someone else is doing the driving and she's in the back seat <laughs> Apparently. eating bombs. No, I just want to be able to say the sentence, oh, you know, my driver, blah, blah, blah. And like, well, you can do that with Devlin thing. now. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, that's not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's not just that. <laughs> yeah, because in, in reality, her driver drives a Mazda, which <laughs> has no electrochromatic anything and certainly doesn't need any more noise piped in. <laughs> just, oh, just, uh, where were we? Um, uh, we're talking about uh, Volkswagen. Volkswagen. They own a lot. Yeah. They do we're a lot of research. So, uh, they... See, I've already forgotten about Dieselgate. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. It's worked. Who was that? What? Volkswagen? Oh, no. Diesel? Somebody else. No. Bugatti. We're talking yeah, about Bugatti. Yeah, I think Bugatti. Bugatti. Yeah. Anyway, they have uh, they have a lot of resources, so they you know they don't have to rely on funding sources like Tesla would to uh, or pre-selling cars that haven't actually been tested on the road yet, the way Tesla does. Do you think it's likely that one of these companies like VW could buy the um, Faraday IP or the um, uh, what's the sure one you were talking about earlier? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, what was the other there. one? Lucid, the Lucid Motor IP. Yeah, I, uh, that's definitely a possibility. Because um, maybe that that is their most likely path to actually becoming a car is to be swallowed up by one of these larger companies. Well, that's certainly fair. The future's most likely path is to have somebody else <laughs> build the car. Yeah. yeah, not China's Netflix because they are in a lot of trouble. What? Um, but what is that? <laughs> So Farad- uh, if this is a long story, it's you don't not. have to go into Faraday it. Faraday Futures owned by a company called Le Echo, oh. which is like Chinese Netflix. Wait, someone made, what? Yeah. Uh. So, yeah. Uh. Um, well, uh, yeah. There's a Chinese so, Netflix. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apparently, I know There's a Chinese nothing everything. There's about a, China. I, I, know Chinese- I don't know about roads. I don't know about Shanghai's auto show. <laughs> 
Did you know there's a, a, a Chinese Twitter? No. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Weibo. Weibo. No. Weibo. What yeah. is it? Weibo. Weibo? Yeah. They're not allowed on Twitter. Well, well, I'm not surprised they're not allowed on Twitter. So they have their own Twitter. Are they allowed on Netflix? No, apparently, apparently not. I have what? Echo. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I just don't know these things. I don't spend enough yeah. time reading about China. I'm learning so apparently. much. I read about North Korea. I spend all my time reading about North Korea, not China. Yeah. And that's twice we forgot about Dieselgate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Diesel what? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Volkswagen really could pip um, Tesla to the EV game, and they have the economies of scale to make good small EVs, though uh, traditionally uh, Volkswagens have not been known for their excellence in electrical systems. <laughs> um, my cousin's Volkswagen bug having tried to set her on fire once and then burning itself to the ground. My sister's bug was flawless. Right, except for the whole Windows thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Use iOS. <laughs> I also yeah. think on, on occasion the radio didn't work. Or the locks. Yeah, that sounds familiar. And those aren't electrical at all. No. Yeah. No. But as uh, part of Volkswagen's settlement uh, with the U.S. for, for Dieselgate, that thing we've forgotten about several times, um, they have to invest about $2 billion in zero-emissions technology and infrastructure, and part of that will be uh, $300 million that they are putting towards more plug-in vehicle chargers. Uh, there are going to be 450 supercharging ports that they will scatter throughout 39 states. That's uh, Tesla already has almost 900 uh, superchargers, but uh, they are restricted to Tesla users, and they are now starting to charge Tesla owners for them. So um, more infrastructure, the better, certainly. Um, it's uh, sort of a shame the price we had to pay environmentally for it, though. Wait, uh, I just did the math. That's $670,000 per charging port. Well, copper's expensive. <laughs> Okay, I'm just I'm reading the facts, Mike. No, it's it. Well, how did what did you do? How what? How did I do that? Yeah, I divided for what? The four hundred fifty. The, the three hundred million. million by yeah, by what? By four hundred and fifty. Oh, I didn't know you said how many charges. I, th I thought yeah. you just said across thirty nine. Well, I know you don't listen to the podcast very closely, <laughs> but when you're in it, could you at least pay attention? I yeah, but I thought that you only said the thing about the states. I didn't realize you you gave the number of ports. That's that's just so specific that they they said exactly how many ports they're gonna have. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you want to maintain expectations. Maybe we'll, we'll get out there and be like, oh, these ports weren't nearly as expensive as we thought we're gonna put eight thousand i think as mike has pointed out i think something is askew i mean if they're gonna if if ports are gonna cost three quarters of a million dollars per port <laughs> we're gonna have to invest a lot more in this to get evs off the ground in the u.s or find more diesel gates that forces companies <laughs> to build charging ports well as you've been hearing in the podcast there are a number of other car companies under investigation for cheating schemes you did mention that when i, I was listening oh. to the podcast Is that one time that one time all right um so uh next up uh I have to say, damn you, America, because uh, your thirst for crossovers will never be sated. Um, Honda this week announced that 
having the HRV, the CRV, and the Pilot is not sufficient to meet the demand for SUVs and crossovers in America. So they will be announcing a new two-row SUV to slot in between the CRV and Pilot sometime to fill in the space left by, and I have in here Pathfinder, but that's actually the Nissan. It was the Honda Passport. Um, that was the uh, sister car to the Isuzu Rodeo. Oh, um, man. Which, uh, you know, when Honda did that in the 90s, uh, it was kind of like shooting yourself in the foot because they were getting a good reputation for reliability. And then they come out with this passport that uh, I don't remember is basically passport. a badge-engineered Subaru. There's a reason for that. Yeah. You know, Steve actually well, had a Honda passport. Really? Well, well he had a, the Isuzu Rodeo. What? And he oh, came to... Okay. So my yeah, best friend came yeah. to visit me in uh, like, in college, and his Isuzu Rodeo broke down while he was at my building. So he missed a whole week of classes, not able to get back to the University of Illinois. Well, at least he broke down at the building instead of, you know, in On the, the way? <laughs> yeah, so we actually took it to a Honda dealership to get fixed because there are no Isuzu dealerships in Bloomington, Indiana, shockingly. Huh. Um. Anyway, probably like the Pilot, this car will ride on the Accord chassis and not be a body-on-frame SUV. So what we'll likely see is something that competes more with the Nissan Murano and Ford Edge rather than the more outdoorsy type of forerunner uh, SUV vehicle. Does, uh, does Honda still make the uh, Odyssey? Yeah. yeah. Minivan? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. the first or second most selling uh, minivan. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. being refreshed. Oh. And recalled. And recalled, Ooh. yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, my favorite recall recently was the Honda Odyssey seats that would uh, sometimes in a crash launch <laughs> the rear passengers <laughs> forward into well, the front it was, seat. Oh, it, was, it was a passive launch system. They just come loose. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, so it wasn't like... They didn't build ejector then, street ejector yeah. seats into it. Yeah, it's a fun <laughs> Easter egg for the, bringing the family together. Yeah. It's like an inertia trebuchet. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> That's how trebuchets work. Yeah. <laughs> so a trebuchet. Yes. The Honda trebuchet. I mean, That's Odyssey. That's a great yeah. name for a car. It is. Right? Yeah. Um, but uh, Honda actually isn't the only company uh, launching or... Yeah. Uh, continue, <laughs> continuing the uh, smaller crossover. Um, Volkswagen is adding another crossover, uh, sort of. The current Tiguan, which is their smallest SUV, uh, same size as about a RAV4 CRV or uh, your car, Jess, the uh, Mazda CX-5. CX-5. Yeah. Um, they are. They have announced a new. Uh, Tiguan that is coming out next year. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be better and nicer and have a third row seats. So like the CX-9? 7 or 9? 7, yeah. Um, but they are going to keep selling the current model and call it the Tiguan Limited. Oh. And normally when you think of Limited, you think of the top tier of a, uh, a package list. Which is weird, right? I mean, there was a I think there was a uh, car talk joke about this that you want the higher end thing to be unlimited, like unlimited possibilities, unlimited potential. Yeah. Or, no, it's it's scarcity. It's manufactured scarcity. It's the top tier. That's true. But manufactured scarcity. Yeah. You, you can't tell your customers that it's manufactured scarcity. If De Beers is 
diamond uh, ad campaign was we keep a bunch of them in the warehouse, so do- so go out and buy them. No. Yeah. That. Oh. <laughs> Wait, and there's no Santa Claus. <laughs> now we really have to make this explicit. <laughs> really? yeah. And the next thing you're gonna this tell me no that there's Mickey Mouses podcast. in every single Disney World park across the world? No, there's only that's only the one. Okay, good. Yeah. And he travels through time and space. <laughs> Mickey is a time lord. Yeah, he is. Wow. That okay. Yes. What's his TARDIS? <laughs> Clearly it's the castle. Okay. It's way bigger on the inside. Well, it's big looking on the outside. Well, yeah. Looks can be deceiving. It's dangerous, this becoming a Disney podcast. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> this very well could be with Sorry, we present hijacked. company. Yeah. But we forgot about Dieselgate again. We did. The, um, <laughs> the, the Tiguan, is that the one that we drove? No, we drove the diesel V10 Touareg. Touareg. I always screw up Touareg and Tiguan. And we literally, we, we were literally saying, wow, this diesel has amazing pickup and, and torque. It's incredible. <laughs> How do they do this? <laughs> well, <laughs> now we know. It was not one of the cars that was uh, really found in Dieselgate. It I wasn't. wouldn't be surprised if it had a cheat. Device yeah, we installed. found it in Dieselgate because it was an incredible car. Oh, that was an amazing car to drive. Yeah, just like super torque. Yeah, like five six hundred po- foot pounds of torque. Yeah, it turns out it was just a petrol engine that they just put diesel on. <laughs> yes, yes. No, no, it was definitely diesel. It was just uh, suspiciously surprising. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, you can continue to buy the Tiguan Limited because uh, <laughs> Volkswagen thinks that uh, you that buyers are uh, craving SU or SUVs and crossovers enough to buy two versions of the same car, just different model years. Um, also this week, after revealing a JD Power study that indicated that consumer trust in autom- auto- <sighs> autonomous cars was falling. Uh, Automotive News had a a pair of interesting interviews with the execs from Mazda and Porsche um, regarding vehicle automation versus human driving. And I thought these interviews were uh, pretty interesting because for once the the executives weren't touting their autonomous tech. They were touting their driver focus. Um, Now, Jess, you and I both own Mazdas. I love my Mazda. I really enjoy driving mine as well. I, I wish mine had more power, but I'm also coming from a car with twice as much power as my current car has. Yes. Um, but they're they're good, fun cars to drive. They handle really well. Uh, yeah. Well well, I mean, I bought, I bought my crossover, which, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I bought my crossover because it fits an entire wedding or an entire costumed character uh, <laughs> in a box in the back, which I realize is kind of suspicious. Well, that's why everyone buys them. Yeah, because you can fit a body in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, no, so we can uh, go, to, um, go to events. So I wanted to make sure it could have enough zip and go. And it gets me. Up to 80 on the highway. Most. Just 80? <laughs> I don't go over 80. Okay. You don't go over the speed limit. I don't go over the speed yeah, limit. 80 ever. is the speed limit in, in Texas where Jess is from. Texas. That's right. Is 80, yeah. yeah. So I, I like it. It goes it goes where it needs to go. It, it um And it handles. We did get I the sport model, though. So we got the, the bigger engine. Ah. Did we? We have a bigger? Because we did test drive the uh, the stock model. And, oh, uh, that's right. I didn't like that it, one. It, 
we'd had the the two of us and the uh, the salesperson in the back, and it didn't exactly struggling a little bit. Uh, accelerate yep. uphill. <laughs> so <laughs> once we got into the bigger engine, I was like, "Oh, yeah. this is what we want." Yeah. Um, There's a bit of a turbo lag, but I you don't know. know. I think my Mazda's fun. I'd buy another one. Yeah. Well, uh, the Mazda's North American CEO Masahiro Moro said that uh, although Mazda has been working on autonomous tech, so your next Mazda may have some autonomous tech in it, mm-hmm. um, it will only ever be in the background of their vehicles. Um, and that they don't ever plan on offering a fully autonomous car uh, because the feedback they've been getting from their drivers, like you and me, is that we enjoy driving and we want to keep doing that. And uh, this fits with the brand's uh, Driving Matters ad campaign that they've been doing recently, which I really like. Um, I, I like commercials where it shows people like actually having fun in cars instead of standing in freaking Chevys made make-believe showroom what oh no with walls that's a real showroom no that's with weird real people that's ridiculous (laughs) they're not actors they're real people the thing is i don't want a car that uh doesn't need my help to operate it because i know what happens when i break when my phone breaks down when my computer breaks down when the silly uh nest thermostat breaks down Mm -hmm. i don't want that happening at 80 miles an hour on the freeway and this is why consumer trust in <laughs> autonomous vehicles is down. And I actually mentioned that last week when uh, uh, there was a report saying that as many as a third of all vehicles on the road could be autonomous EVs. So I, I just don't see the, the uptake happening there. I think cars will eventually have the option. I think all cars will eventually have the option to either be autonomous. You can switch it on and off, essentially. Yeah. Now, that's a cool idea to well, be able I, to listen to read a book on the way in. But was it on this podcast that I heard that you're going to need to pay attention? Well, you can't just turn it on and like be on a train. So that's with with some companies. That's uh, with Cadillac Super Cruise. They have a number of cameras and other things yeah. looking at you to make sure that you're actually watching, which to me defeats the purpose of having... Uh, the autonomous tech in the car, and and that, that Mike, what you were saying about uh, cars having that option and having the ability to turn it off is is pretty much exactly what uh, Porsche's North American CEO Klaus Zelmer said. Um, he said that uh, Porsche is working at Porsche and their parent company Volkswagen, which we talked about before, are working on tech that will have the vehicle drive you home if you are in shitty traffic, like I was all day today on my motorcycle which was awful um but that you could turn it off completely if you wanted to go driving by yourself which in a porsche you really want to be doing probably a lot two things so you just said that it would defeat the purpose if you have to pay attention right of having the autonomous tech in the car yeah Yeah. i would say no so there are two reasons why i would still have purpose one part of the reason for having some people think part of the reason for having autonomous tech is that the car will be a better driver than people are right there's that also i'm wondering about uh say you were out enjoying adult beverages and then needed to go home you could use your you could, would you be able to pay attention <laughs> the amount of you that is paying attention and then but then let the car drive home better than you can well and i think that's part of the limitation in cadillac's technology because uh well they they limit it to it was very specific they had they limit it to divided multi-lane 
highways with obvious exits. Yeah. So you'd still have you'd to still drunkenly have to drive. drive yourself yeah, to the highway work. and then from the highway to your house. I was thinking just autonomous. House. And I was also thinking for people who are disabled, they would be able to... Yeah, no, drive. autonomous tech has a ton of potential, and I would use it every day to uh, take me in t- uh, my 40-minute trip downtown every day. Um, I wouldn't take it if I were like driving out to a winery where the roads are nice and windy, and it's fun, and I enjoy yeah. getting out there. But maybe coming home from the winery when I've had several complimentary tastings, um, (laughs) (laughs) I will enjoy having the autonomous tech in the car to take me home safely. The way you said that, we really need the explicit tag now. (laughs) (laughs) Complimentary tastings. It reminds me we have wine waiting for us down there, so... Oh, if excellent. only we had a, a car that could help us yeah. at this point. This has to be in the future. Yeah. Just a dream. Um, I thought um, Klaus, uh, he compared it to uh, the way cars implemented cruise control and brake assist, which are options that sort of enhance the driving experience but don't completely take you out of it, but complement it. And I thought that was uh, a good uh, sort of way of looking at autonomous tech that it's there in case you need it or to help you out when you want it yeah but it doesn't take away what is fun like the fundamental driving experience so i hope more companies get on board with this but i mean we'll we'll see how mazda and porsche feel in 10 years when everyone is driving their autonomous cars around and they're still maybe lagging behind um next up mike's favorite story of the week um the force india formula one team owner vj malia was arrested in london on charges of fraud and conspiracy in india uh the charges apparently relate to uh 1.34 billion dollars uh loaned to malia's now defunct kingfisher airlines by uh indian state-run banks and this whole situation is really sketchy, and I think there are still a lot of details that are fuzzy on this. But um, clearly, Force India has some problems that aren't limited to um, their cars on the racetrack. Well, the Kingfisher uh, Air, I was just kind of looking this up. Uh, so, yes, they are uh, related to Kingfisher Beer, for those who know Indian beers. Uh, it's lager beer. Yeah, it's it's good. It's, yeah, I, like I mean, it. it's the the Bud Light of India. It's great. Is that what you're drinking right now? It's a no, Kingfisher. That I'm is drinking a Breckenridge drink. Porter. Oh, that would have been good porter. if it was a Kingfisher, though. Yeah, yeah that was a tie-in. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this podcast not brought to you by Kingfisher or Breckenridge or Breckenridge Brewery or Volkswagen. <laughs> but if they'd like to, bring yeah, it not to yet. You. Yeah, <laughs> any breweries out there? Want to um, wait? Breweries? Do we want to? them to sponsor anyway anyway uh, yeah. as late as 2011 <laughs> kingfisher air had the largest domestic share of the indian domestic air market by 2012 they were near the bottom because oh, wow. they, they ran into financial problems mm. so it seems that it was a spectacular fall yeah the kind of fall where 1.3 billion dollars could just disappear <laughs> <laughs> into somebody else's bank accounts well not been proven yet Allegedly. It was an office space situation. Yeah. Yeah. Except the building didn't burn down, so yeah. everybody got caught. Right, right. <laughs> but right. wasn't that based on Superman two? What, office space? The the <laughs> plot where they they screwed up the rounding of the sense. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 So 
just don't don't steal from the Indian government. I no, mean, don't. Or probably any government. How about don't steal say. in general? Don't steal. Ideally. Look. I mean, yeah. look. Look. Sometimes not go, shit's going to be stolen. I can't. <laughs> I appreciate that we have now just leaned into the explicit tag. Yes. Yeah. We're just leaning. <laughs> That's what that book was about, right? No, yeah, exactly. leading book. into being more yeah. explicit. How to podcast explicitly? <laughs> yeah, lean in. <laughs> I mean, Malia did defend himself on Twitter. He swears he didn't steal it. So, oh well, good. you know yeah. everything on Twitter's fact. So yeah, uh-huh. yeah. that'll probably be first in his defense. It was the Trump defense. Fake news, not a real story. Yep. Not real. Look at this over here. <laughs> so scummy journalist. Can we not mention forty-five? Who? Let's move on. But uh, it's okay. Force Force India's first ever win came under uh, Frisichella, Giancarlo Frisichella. Really? Their drivers are not Giancarlo Frisichella anymore. Mm, shame that. Yeah. <laughs> um, up next, uh, there was a, uh, a, a chemical spill at Tesla's Gigafactory this week, which was seized upon by the media. Um, and uh, I think it was... Uh, kind of embarrassing for everyone involved including the media because it turned out what was spilled was industrial cleaning solution so um there are apparently procedures in tesla's gigafactory that say you know if there's any sort of spill they have to evacuate the area just to make sure everything's safe for everyone which they did yeah but, you know, when you tell people, oh, there's a chemical spill at Tesla and the whole place is being evacuated, well, people start going nuts. Well, indust- I mean, industrial solvents, cleaning supplies. They are, can be caustic are, yeah, stuff. Not necessarily a walk in the park, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the company did announce that everything was totally fine and that it was completely safe and no one was injured. But how bad do you feel for the guy who dropped that huge tub of cleaning solution that caused a huge ruckus? Maybe That's just, pretty rough. Yeah. Maybe just wanted the day off. Oh, maybe. It was yeah, maybe this is a, I mean, yeah, it's a fire alarm huge. scenario. Maybe yeah. he hadn't seen the daylight in a while. Maybe yeah. he was an intern. Could have been a janitorial <laughs> yeah, <old> intern. solution <laughs> intern. <laughs> I don't know. I've had bad experiences he, with interns lately, so I'm just right. saying. Do you make maybe them clean a, the floors? That, that might not. be part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Um. Finally, in news this week, uh, if you happen to be, uh, my listeners, a bored young millionaire who loves the mountains and other people's secondhand things... Well, first donate to support the podcast. Yes, we, we are always accepting donations. Um, and but, then... And sponsored then by millionaires. We have got a great deal for you. A uh, man in southern British Columbia, Canada, is selling five acres of farmland, which not only features gorgeous views of the Canadian Rockies, it's also home to the current owner's 340 project cars, which he has included generously in the asking price for the property. Project cars. Project cars. Meaning probably not running, but somewhat complete. Look, I know he tells his wife this, but he doesn't have to tell us this. We know what they are. It's (laughs) fine. So basically what you're buying is uh, a Canadian man's junkyard. Um, It says that the collection consists of many 1940s trucks and 1960s sports cars. So this guy definitely had a type. But with 
340 cars, there is probably something for literally everyone there. Uh, and something probably in every literally, literally every condition. Um, though if that isn't tempting enough, this uh, five-acre five farm is located close to the Shuswap Lake. Oh, Yes, of yeah. course, which uh, everyone will probably know as the home to North American Nessie, a 25-foot prehistoric sea monster known as Shuswaggy. <laughs> 25 feet. That's not that That's not big. that big. It doesn't that's seem... It's like a caiman. A caiman? No, a it's 25 a 25-foot <laughs> caiman? No. Jesus, <laughs> imagine running across that. That would be impressive. <laughs> that would be impressive for a caiman. Still, but for a Nessie... Well, I mean, relative. Yeah, yeah. It's like inverse. How big do you think Nessie is? I don't more than twenty-five feet. I mean, at least <laughs> forty. Research I did not do this week. <laughs> well, why not? I'm more yeah. interested in the article. Why not? I'm more interested in the article that we found that talks about a cryptozoologist. I, I what? Don't, I don't even know what that is. What? Where How do you not know what a cryptozoologist I, is? Because that's all the History Channel is anymore. It's that and aliens. Well, I stopped watching the History Channel because of well, that. Well, that's why. Yeah, apparently this this monster thing is a surviving... So is this not the time... word that I can't read, but it's a family of ancient whales you could so go hunt. So is this the time to tell you that I'm giving up the law and I'm becoming a cryptozoologist? Oh, please do. <laughs> that's an <laughs> interesting story. start your story. own podcast that yeah. I can guest host. <laughs> Deal. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about that off air. Okay. Um, I'm looking for this word. Current asking price for that property is $1.4 million Canadian or some amount of actual real money. Now, wait a minute. I'm looking at the pictures here. These are not 60s. This is all like 70s stuff. Yeah. That's... Maybe the 60s stuff is in such bad shape that they didn't take any no, pictures No, it's just it? in the back. I think I think when you convert yeah, to Canadian. <laughs> or Shiswaggies. Oh, yeah. It was, it was ni- it's Canadian 1960s. Oh, okay. Which so, is 1970s for everyone else. Yeah. We okay. just got to move right. the decimal. Exchange rate, right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's it for today's news. We're going to go look at some new cars now. All right, so we mentioned earlier that Audi and Volkswagen had uh, debuted a couple new cars in Shanghai at their auto show. Um, Audi launched the e-tron Sport back. What and... was that? You all right there? Yeah. Well, so... Maybe you can answer this since you know French. Is Etron like shit in French? I yes. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So it's a southern dialect. The Audi Etron. But yeah. The Audi shit. Yeah. Okay. It, it's only in in one small town uh, outside of Toulouse, though. Wow. So that is hyper specific. I, that's the way it is down there. Vile colloquialism. Hyper local. Well, and you know, I mean, when you got Volkswagen calling things the Tiguan and the and the Tuareg, you go into the Sahara to find tribes that, you know, to name your cars. Yeah. It, it follows that Audi would do the same thing. Or Pagani naming theirs after trade wins. Huayra! Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Audi's e-tron sportback is decidedly not shit. It is, in fact, a four-door wagon, SUV, sedan, sort of Frankenstein type of thing. I, I like it. It looks awesome. Ha Okay. Do we have a picture? Um, yeah. <clears throat> It looks, it, it's like, in a, uh, for people who haven't seen, listeners who haven't seen the uh, the photos, it looks like an electric Accord Sport Cross with Audi styling. I like it. It sits high. 
and stuff. God. What don't you like window, about it? What is it that you don't like? Small. So you can't see out of it. I think you can see out of it. It's like a lifted sedan hatchback uh-huh. that has the hatchback so raked that you can't fit anything in the rear hatch section. Yeah. That doesn't have the handling of a car because it's lifted. That yes, doesn't oh. have the capability of an SUV because it's not lifted high enough. Oh, this is one of those so things. It's a yeah. super. It's a compromise mobile, and you guys are all the worst. I think it looks nice. I, <laughs> they can look nice I and still not, be totally yeah. pointless. Okay, I admittedly had not, uh, when I glanced at it, paid attention to the rake of the back. Uh, I was See, mostly looking these at... These are the things you have to What are you keeping in, in the back that's tall? I don't know. Your pet giraffe? So what? I had all my camera equipment in my hatchback yesterday. I wouldn't have been able to fit it in that car. I would not have been able to fit wedding stuff. Perhaps a tall centerpiece. Yeah, see. Perhaps um, the signage um, for the the uh, escort cards. Well, and a lot of new Those hatchbacks are having like more extreme rakes. Yeah, the that's new dumb. Civic hatchback, like that, it basically looks like the sedan except bumped out. The glass is bumped out a little. So bit. just go get a golf. So is this and trying, you should? Is yeah. this trying to be a hatchback? I. I beats me i don't know what it's trying to be it's trying to be a, a crossover yeah i think that's the problem is like cars just need to be a certain type of car yeah you try not to be everything to all people i saw i saw this as a as a says, sporty sedan says the woman who bought a cx5 oh, it's an suv <laughs> that's small crossover. and efficient and handles better than most suvs and it's not a crossover it absolutely it is, is. No, it's not. it is 100 percent a crossover absolutely a crossover where's it crossing over from a sedan, a sedan to an SUV. <laughs> wait, wait. So you're saying that that's a crossover and that's a crossover? Yes. That is a wide <laughs> definition of crossover. There are all sorts of crossovers, Kira. Ugh. But this mine is, is one the... of those rectangle Do you square really not situations. Listen to we talked about literally twelve of them earlier in I the podcast. Yeah, I... taping this show. Yeah, I, I'm aware, all. and I'm not sitting in the car <laughs> thinking, "Oh yes, I agree," and then now disagreeing. I disagreed. Well, you're wrong. So, okay, well, that, we go. that's good, and so we can move on from there, then. <laughs> perfect. Okay, yeah, perfect. We're at a consensus. Okay, good. But it breaks the 200-mile <laughs> range for, for electrics. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the specs sound pretty good. Uh, 310 miles, 500 horsepower, 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds. 0 to 62, thank you very much. Oh, excuse oh, me. Oh, it's got I'm boost sorry. mode. I didn't know they were measuring in metric. It's got sorry, boost he's mode. a lawyer. It's, very it's not even metric. This is like some random number. <laughs> well, it's 100 kilometers per hour. That's zero to 162. So yeah. stupid metric. Get feet, people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, the Audi model is supposed to compete with the Jaguar I-Pace, which is a similar body style, but much more attractive looking and probably a little more practical. Um, the Volkswagen version of that same exact Audi e-tron sportback um, basically is the same car, but slightly less nice, uh, slightly less power and the same range. So uh, this, again, points to exactly what I was talking about with Audi having uh, badge engineering uh, live and well and the ability to spread their development costs among different brands. So you're telling me this is basically the same car? Yep. Why do I like this one better? Which one? Um, the Volkswagen? Yeah. The ID buzz? Mm-hmm. Personal preference. You ever what? find out what ID meant? No. Anybody? Okay. No. no. So. Right. It's weird. This looks like. Do you know? Not as. Uh, I don't mean to bring up Disney again, but this looks like the thing don't. you could make a test track. Like this car, this That's Volkswagen true. one, is something that you could make in the ride 
Um, and then the, it looks like one that would lose, actually. The, mm. the front of this looks like a Porsche, and the back looks like a BMW. Yes. Which one? The, the Volkswagen. The ID Volkswagen. Buzz. I, they're they're not bad looking cars. I mean, I I don't have anything against them other than the fact that they are <laughs> other than existence. everything. Other than the shape, the shape is really what bothers yeah, the me shape. because it's impractical. Look at that sunroof. That's like yeah, a yeah. that's cool. All glass sunroof. I love a big. The sunroof. interior looks cool. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, all well, the batteries. Oh wow! Yeah, it's just it's a rolling battery. Well, while yeah. they all salivate over the Volkswagen <laughs> crossover junk, um, uh, Mercedes came out with a concept A. Um, These angles, who needs them? The Germans asked. Um, the BMW has or uh, Mercedes has announced the end of sharp creases. Or as BMW would call it, flame surfacing. Or as Lexus would call it, everything we make. Uh, Mercedes says that the the concept A is, quote, it is the next milestone of sensual purity, end quote. Wow. They forgot to style the back of this car. The Mercedes? Yeah. Okay, I they wasn't just, sure if you're still looking at the Volkswagen. They just got to the back oh, and no, they're like, yeah, it. just make it look like an Accord, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it does look like an Accord. So... I, I, I don't know what you guys think of when you hear sensual purity. I... Coming from the Germans? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. No. Anything purity in German doesn't really... But sensual in German. Go. Oh, wow. Like... <laughs> Anything sensual in German also I... doesn't go. So Those sensual purity in I... German. Are you really? having a pleasant no, evening? I... I think of cold. We're hoping think... that, your, that your meal, your meal of schnitzel has sensually pure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not eating that schnitzel. Oh, yeah. I would eat the shit out of some sensually pure, <laughs> sensually pure schnitzel. schnitzel. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, that just sounds—it's <laughs> messed. I feel like there was something lost yeah. in translation. There. And and the Jalopnik article is absolutely right. How, how are those not creases? Yeah, I mean, oh, it's creased all over the place. It's like a folded up piece of paper that they unfolded. <laughs> I, I, they may call them ridges. I don't know, but they definitely look like creases to me. <laughs> Something but got do lost in translation. Why creases are bad? No, I think everything sort of started going enough. angular. Um, but I think with new cars, like you see in the the um, Alfa Romeo Giulia, uh, that has like a long swooping sort of design and much more rounded corners rather than sharp con- uh, defined angles. Uh, there is still uh, the opportunity to make beautiful cars out there. And I think this car is really pretty looking. Um, I think the the rear, like you mentioned, does, does lack some sort of character to it. <laughs> uh, it looks sort of like uh, uh, a stretched Audi to me in the yeah, rear. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It, it, it is pretty, but it's nothing of what they said. Yeah. It is It is not not creased. It is not sensual. Or pure. It's I Well, if the back is in a cord... I don't think it's pure either. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting to note that this this car is also a sedan. So that so in... you're just turned on immediately. <laughs> you know I'm not necessarily a sedan man. I really? drive hatchback. I mean you're not not necessarily a sedan man either. Of my four cars, one has been a sedan and that was my shortest lived car. Well Which means you was, shouldn't be trusted. It was with also sedans. supercharged though. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, 
I didn't destroy the car. The the car started flinging oil onto the exhaust and trying to set itself yeah, on fire. It's the so. car's fault. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's the poor the craftsman fault. that blames his tools. <laughs> the poor craftsman did not assemble that Mercedes. <laughs> anyway, um, I think it's neat that they um, are go- are introducing a new design direction. So I'm interested to see like how much of this design actually makes it over to real cars. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm also happy that they uh, introduced a sedan because I don't think sedans should be dead. I think they're the car that people need probably more than anything else. No, I, I, I've only owned sedans. So, Well, my first car was a Saturn. but Was it a four-door Saturn? Yes. Uh-huh. But it was the SC2, so it was the smallest of... So technic- oh. technically, but only technically a sedan. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what Mercedes does with the styling language because they have a lot of cars they can put this on that I think it'll look really sharp, especially if they start putting it on their SUVs. I don't think we'll ever see it on like the G-Wagon, which is just meant to be boxy. That's, but yes. That's all creases, like right. literally 100% right. crease. Right. Um. Uh, Link and Company, uh, which you probably haven't heard of because I hadn't heard of it, um, is a they're a subsidiary of Chinese automotive giant Geely, uh, which you may know hey. uh, they own Volvo. Um, they unveiled an O3 concept sedan this week, which is an all electric four door car that looks a bit like a Juke and a Volkswagen Passat had a baby, and that baby has some developmental disorders. <laughs> um, Don't say that. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's wor- uh, no, it's not worse. The same, yes. What? It's not the car's fault. It's the designer's fault. Ugh, yeah, that's a terrible. <clears throat> it's an unfortunate car. Yeah. yeah, it looks like it has frog-eyed headlights, just sort of popping up out yeah, of the, the back, top of its head. It looks like a normal car, more or less, sort of in the back, but the front is just yeah. It, it's not a good-looking no. car. Um. Apparently, Link and Company is, uh, despite I I think that sounds sort of like a traditional name, don't you guys? Link and like anything an and company. Yeah. Sound like, it's like Sears Big, and Roebuck Company. Big Brother and the Holding name. Company. Yeah. Yeah. Traditional name. Yeah, traditional. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure there's much traditional about Janis Joplin, um, but okay. Still. Um. Yeah, this is like the worst parts of the juke. Yeah. Just put into a different car. And the Jetta the and the Scion TC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, they're they're trying to go for a non-traditional uh, selling method, uh, selling through the internet rather than through, through dealerships and uh, giving consumers a subscription option like Netflix or Spotify. And uh, I, t- I don't know about you guys. I, I'm not really fond of the idea of subscribing to a car especially a chinese made electric car that's what a lease is essentially i mean i guess i mean you're just renting it long term but if it's going through the interwebs how are they going to take it back oh yeah does it just stop working (laughs) repo men will find you wow no you shut it off through the interwebs that's terrifying the internet pipes it's terrifying turn off my computer or turn off my car from china again with the they're they're trying to be the smartphone of of vehicles so they uh they'll probably just do find my uh link i don't like this and uh shut you down i don't like this Anyway, it's it's an interesting idea. I'd be interested to see how many people are into that. I mean, we already see mm. ride sharing is you know 
being a burgeoning. Well, and Cadillac rolled out their their subscription service. That what? Well, that's true. Uh, and they they had such a long waiting list yeah. for it that people were calling it a failure because they couldn't Filled meet demand. the demand yeah. in New York. And that was like fifteen hundred dollars a month. Yeah, to yeah, subscribe insane. to a car. Yeah, service. I mean the price was definitely you. You might as well have mm-hmm. leased a Porsche or something. Yeah. But so if you subscri- so you were subscribing to a car service, so you didn't have to pay to park and maintain the car. Is that the deal? I guess so. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it makes sense depending on where you live. Yeah, I, it doesn't in, make sense for us. In, in New yeah. York, it seemed to be really it's super popular. popular. Yeah, yeah. So maybe Lincoln Company knows more than we do. But I don't know if subscribing to one car makes sense. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially in New York, where you know you're wandering around, and there are you know different Cadillac spots throughout the city yeah. where you can get in a car that you subscribe to the service for. Yeah, you can get an Escalade one day or a. Yeah, CTS, CTS. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want. But you can get a Link 3. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or maybe the Lincoln Company 01 SUV, which uh, they uh, showed the production version of at the Shanghai show. Um, also very ugly. So uh, <laughs> definitely uh, keeping that up. Um, MG, the uh, old British car manufacturer, um, uh, as they're trying to make a return to British sports cars. Uh, they announced the E-Motion EV, um, which is a fantastic-looking car. Um, but, of course, MG is now owned by SAIC, a Chinese car company, um, and the vehicle will all be all electric, which is traditionally the first thing to go wrong on British cars. Or, as I learned this afternoon, when my bike refused to start for 10 minutes in my work parking lot, motorcycles... <laughs> Um, uh, I think that the concept's attractive, but it has these butterfly doors, which look like the Lamborghini style doors. Wait, you like this? The car? Yeah. Yeah. With, with the raked rear window? It's a sports car though. Yeah, uh, okay. it's not. It's, yeah. yeah, this is pretty. And I no, mean. I agree. Yeah, I, I like love the looks. Too. So uh, they claim that the performance of this car is going to be, uh, zero to 60 in less than four seconds and have 300 plus miles of range, which would be surprising if they could get that technology into such a small package. Um, maybe that's a secret. Maybe that's it's true. It's so small. Well, and they light. say that they developed it in house. So, uh, maybe <laughs> they really have, uh, you know, <laughs> SAIC is way ahead of everyone else in terms of, uh, uh, sm- miniaturizing their battery I mean, all, all I laptop just, batteries come from china so i just yeah, want to say fair. that really good things come in really small packages <laughs> says the shortest one in the room also <laughs> tiffany's diamonds in the little boxes good yes. things come in small packages small I think teal packages tiffany not a sponsor of this podcast correct yet, yet. <laughs> uh so you don't like the butterfly doors no, because I I think they were played out 20 years ago, and they're still played out today. Played out? Yes. How? Because they were introduced on Lamborghinis, yeah. and then everyone's like, oh, I'm going to put Lambo doors on my Celica. <laughs> and then they started getting on every like sport compact tuner car that you saw in all your magazines or at car meets. Yeah. Scissor doors are, are, I mean, that's... That was their go-to in Pimp My Ride. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe I just uh, didn't go to enough car meet- meetups. Or was yeah. enough Pimp My Ride. Called them in, in your Dodge Shadow. 
No, well, yeah, you, it's not a shadow. You said well, it wrong well, in the podcast. I you know, said it wrong I, again. I don't remember what it was because it's such an inconsequential car. I know it's a Dodge Spirit. Spirit, which is one of those those badge issues that you were yes, talking about. Yes, badge engineering. They're extremely that similar was also cars. the area when they had like the Spirit, the Shadow, the Stealth. Yeah, they're, they're basically I mean, the same car. Well, the, the Stealth was actually a good car. Right. Because it was a Mitsubishi 3000 GT right. badged as a Dodge. The Shadow and the Spirit are basically the same car. They, I think they even overlapped. Talk about creases. Those cars were 100% creases. It was just box. It was a well, box. That's just because yeah. they crumpled. Well, that's true, too. Uh, yeah, I know. It was a box. Um, anyway, I, I think... Uh, we I, we we have no chance of getting this car in this country, um, just because oh, MGs why? haven't sold here in a long time. Yeah, ship it over here. Um, and actually, also, we're not really covering that this week, but uh, some Chinese car max- manufacturers have started saying that they are, they had previously looked at coming into the American market, but since uh, the new president took over, they are no longer evaluating America Super. as uh, an automotive market. So um, that's less choice for us, less freedom. Um, but I, I like it, and I'm covering it because uh, somebody made an electric sports car, and I think we need more of those, so I want to talk about it. Yes, I agree. Um, <clears throat> Tesla also said this week that uh, they are building a semi-truck, and uh, they're definitely going to make a pickup as well. So um, great news for all you truck drivers who listen to the podcast and <laughs> chose to gloss over the part where i said your jobs probably aren't long for this world because of autonomous tech um you could buy yourself a tesla um and pick up truck drivers too i guess um anyway that's all for the new cars um i i had a couple questions that i was uh wanting to get to this week that were sort of inspired by uh different things that i read online this week um <clears throat> one i i think this was a an auto car story uh, what will power your next sports car? But I wanted to ask uh, the three of you, what do you think will power your next car? So with the exception of Kira, all of us have exclusively internal combustion engine cars. Kira has a plug-in hybrid vehicle. Yeah, yeah. But what do you guys think will power your next car? Jess? The thing that comes to mind is hopes and dreams. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're just not going to go anywhere, then? <laughs> oh, it's oh, such a sad thing to say. Yeah, oh. killing my hopes and my yeah, dreams. In the, yeah. No, um, I'm just no. putting them in park. Yeah. Oh, nice car. But I'm changed. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the electric vehicles and the plug-ins, um, if there's more infrastructure that can be in there, but it's like a chicken and the egg. It's which right. one goes first. They don't know. Nobody knows. No one knows. Yeah. So, does Cortex have uh, charging spots? No. 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 Really? Oh my God. Like the innovation community doesn't have innovative. They do have porous asphalt on the parking lots, though. Oh wow. It's a sore subject. Yeah. They're expensive. They're six hundred and seventy thousand dollars a piece. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I I don't believe that because the Danforth Center has two. Yeah, but the Danforth Center and. And wow. we have room to expand to yeah, five they, more posts, a total of ten spaces. Yeah, yeah. but we are uh, we're Gold Lead certified, 
So, oh, but are you well, well building certified? I don't know what that, that means. That is like the next level after lead. It's well building. Well, there's platinum. No, we're like there's things. there's no, lead and then there's to make sure all your employees are happy and there's healthy oh. light. Oh, we're definitely everywhere. that. That's just giving no, them edibles. Cares about That's not employees. That's yeah, not we're definitely that. Yeah. yeah, I I think the community has gone so far down the path of electric vehicles i feel like that's gonna be the next one but i know that i'm not buying one until i can make my 35 minute commute <laughs> and not have a problem then tootling around the city and then coming back out to so would you say stuff. range anxiety is definitely oh that's, that's a factor the, for you yes yeah is that what it's called i didn't know it had a name yes there's okay. a term for everything now <laughs> didn't know it had a name either that makes it sound like a condition range anxiety yeah it's, it sort of is that <laughs> You know, is on automakers oh, to cure. Oh, you know, Paul, he's, he suffers from range anxiety. Yeah. So. Well, he's got a leaf, so he should. Yeah. Know. Poor Paul. I made up Paul. That's the way we know. <laughs> so, Kira, you got your car most recently. Yeah. Like a couple months ago. So, you uh, and you tend yeah. to hang on to your vehicles forever. Yeah. So, in 2050, I'll be shopping around for a yeah. new car. And yeah. what do you think will power your next car? Uh... I I mean I am almost positive I'll get a full EV yeah. the next time, but it, it'll it it will only be if it's I've got to be able to drive. Gosh, probably to Ohio on yeah. charge, because I. So we're talking three hundred plus miles. Yeah. Okay. You're, you think you need to do it on a full charge? Yeah, I don't want to have to. I I just I I I wouldn't want to have to stop. We stop now. We do. We have to stop for two seconds, not for, for punch burger an hour or two. Gotcha. Like even True. even fast chargers, it still takes half an hour. If you have the what is the the Tesla superpower charger? Supercharger, yeah. thirty to forty five. Yeah, minutes still, for yeah, eighty percent charge. Right, thirty to forty five minutes. And assuming charging technology increases, God, it's still fifteen minutes. Well, it'd be stop. battery technology oh. because it's the rate at which they can accept and discharge right. electricity. Right. So. Yeah, there are a lot of things that play there. For yeah, sure. yeah. I like the fact. Uh, so I'm just dipping my toe into the EV world because I have that plug-in, uh, plug it. Yeah, work. but you you've been driving so much on electrical I power that your car decided that it, it had forced to... me to use gas the other day. It <laughs> said you're going to use gas for a while. It informed me, and I had to use gas for a whole day. So mm -hmm. that was a fun experience. That's one thing I would say is I do not like about my my current car uh, coming from my bare bones, uh, 2003 Honda Civic, R.I.P. Uh, it's not dead. It's living another life. That's with true. It's moved a on. lovely family and Jennings. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it uh, has a lot of a lot of things it wants to do for me, and I'd rather tell it what to do. Yeah, the lane departure assist was rather jarring. Yeah, it is jarring when you don't know the car it. has it. Yeah, and then it and turns you accidentally on. turned it off. Yeah, this is what happens when you buy a Ford from a used Ford from a Kia dealer. Is, is it the yeah. full assist where it guides you back, no, or does it just it make just a noise jolts. and it just vibrates? It, or it will. The, it will sort of it turn does, your wheel yeah, a little kinda, bit for you to guide right. you back to the center of the lane. Yeah, it kind of forces you. It really doesn't want you to leave the lane. It's it's sort of weird. <laughs> well, I, I don't want you to leave the lane. I guess no, but if you forget to put yeah. on your turn, it's also a turn signal reminding <laughs> mechanism because if you, you're trying to get over, it does that too. I guess it's better than the one that automatically slows you down when you get too close to the, the car radar in front of controlled you. Yeah. Radar control. control it's yeah. terrifying. I just am worried about anything going wrong. Having had my car for 13 years or so, uh, 
I just worry about these these things are going to go wrong. They just will, and it's so complicated. It's increasing complexity. Yeah. Well, especially with uh, plug-in hybrid vehicles, because you have both the complexity of an EV and yeah. the complexity of an internal combustion engine. Yeah. Yep. Which is why your motor had to run to circulate the oil. Yeah, it had to circulate the oil, and it also wants you to burn through a tank of gas every, I think, six weeks or so. The gas will go bad. Yeah, or the gas will go bad. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> Mike? I think at this point it'll still be a gas engine. Yeah. I I, I can't see myself. I, I don't want to buy anything with an electrical component because the batteries will go bad in seven years anyway. Fair. I mean, most of them will. Um, so I think at this point I would probably just choose something that's more efficient um, but would still be conventionally powered. Right. Maybe at some point I'll buy a hydrogen car. That'd be cool. I think that I'm holding out for that. I, I I hope Toyota's test with the Mirai and their partnerships with BMW and the other car makers really start to push the hydrogen envelope forward because I think there's a lot of potential there that's unrealized yeah, really because it it like ma- basically maintains our current vehicular lifestyle right because yeah. you go you fill up with hydrogen yeah. and you drive and you and I talked about this last time I was on that it takes less than 10 minutes to fill up on hydrogen similar to filling up with gas whereas we've seen with electric it's 45 minutes at best and apparently the pumps cost seven hundred thousand dollars <laughs> and hydrogen <laughs> hydrogen pumps though oh i mean just... hydrogen filling stations are not cheap especially if they're the type where you just add water and then it actually produces the hydrogen yeah shell had when i worked with shell they had a, a trial station out in the desert where they use solar power to convert mm. The, the like purified water into hydrogen for cars to use mm-hmm. and um it was really cool but it th- that type of thing would only work in the desert where it's a hundred percent sun yeah. well and that's my point though like we haven't invested in developing hydrogen filling stations whereas we've been putting tons of money into electric charging stations especially with tesla and, and now vw and yeah. even with all that investment we're still only down to seven hundred thousand dollars at a port yeah, you'd think with the economies of scale, we'd we'd start to see some savings on yeah. that front, and and maybe it's it's got to be in the thousands or tens of thousands to see those. But I mean, if you look, you, you go to your local gas station, there's at least four to five pumps, usually if not more. So that's a lot of money for a local mom and pop shop to invest I, in. Go ahead. I I think it makes a lot of sense for people who have more than one car to invest in more than one type of technology. So oh, that's interesting. My uh, leaning toward an EV, like a hundred percent EV, would be uh, stipulated on the fact that I keep a gas <laughs> keep a gas car. car. Yeah. yeah, something extremely reliable and where we could drive to California or something. Like and the it, Buick and, Regal Tour X or our <laughs> yeah yeah Buick. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe it's Buick. It's oh. not a Buick. It's not a Buick, guys. Uh, Doesn't look I like a Buick. Hate those cars. I do too. They they need to switch soon yeah but i'd love a hydrogen car yeah i'm all about the hydrogen car if we would invest in the infrastructure yeah i think i'm with mike though that my my next car will probably be a gas car as well oh woo-hoo. Um, ev for me then yeah <laughs> <laughs> um there was a, a story also in auto car this week about uh, autonomous racing and whether or not it would actually become a thing and now i know i mean i watch auto racing rarely and i kind of doubt any of you actually watch auto racing i don't follow it as much as i used to but i i watch f1 
when it's yeah. in season. Yeah. Or in, Lamont. In Indiana. Yeah, yeah, Lamont. Yeah. Indiana, the 500 is a pretty big deal. That old Indiana yeah. 500. Yeah, that old 500 <laughs> that they do. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think? Would <laughs> Would you watch autonomous car racing? A bunch Absolutely of robots. Absolutely not. This is easy. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Why would anyone what, watch it? What makes it different is that the human aspect of yes. there being a driver. Yeah. Yes. That's like watching yep. a sim. It's like watching a simulated football game versus a real football game. Why on earth would I watch a, a bunch of machines drive a car? Yeah. Makes no sense. Would you watch it? No, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I mean, Jess didn't weigh in. I assume. Oh yeah, Jess is going to be all about it. What are you? What's my product? It's the just the art- article. The article. Oh yeah. Um, I I would only possibly watch it if it was F one and it was actually interesting. But watching robot cars make left turns. If humans were driving the robot cars, like by uh, if humans, by remote? if yeah, by remote, Ooh, so it's like, like drone, remote, it's like drone. Yeah. Do like, you watch drone racing? But oh, no, but it was just cool. not on TV. I would watch it. Drone racing would be fun. Drone racing is super cool. Yeah. Have you seen it? That yes. Super yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, that would be super what like fun. racing through the stadium. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's neat. Uh, I think okay. that's pretty cool. You and I differ on this then. Okay. That is the least engaging quote-unquote sport i've ever seen <laughs> and i watch golf <laughs> <laughs> so why would anyone watch that Autonomous? yeah why would anyone watch it i that's I a good question i know i mean <clears throat> we over we have formula e which is watching electric cars but they're still driven by actual people yeah so I think the, I, the logic is the next step there is removing the people and having all autonomous, all electric cars just racing around that the track. That makes no sense. But I just don't see there being a market for it. No. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Who know. are you going to root for? Your favorite robot? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What was that? Uh, the movie, the bo- the robot boxing movie. Battle bots? No. Rock'em Sock'em Robots? Yeah, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. No, definitely. Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah. I don't think it <laughs> Had Hugh Jackman in it? Hugh Jackman. Yes. I know the movie you're talking about. We didn't see it because it, was... it looked awful. No, I saw it on a plane once, I think. What? Yeah. That's... <laughs> Where else do you see movies <laughs> like that? Fair point. Um, no, it was like a, he had like, it was his last chance to get his kid back and he had to, it was kind of the over the top plot where he had one tournament to win it all and he had to like train this shitty robot to fight that sounds terrible it does sound it terrible. was pretty bad that sounds like i wouldn't even choose to watch it on a plane yeah it was like that or Notting hill or something okay mm-hmm. well then maybe i'd choose to watch it on a plane yeah um finally um this week i wanted to ask you guys what your most memorable drive was because we we listened to this uh radio show from australia called the hamish and andy show and they had a segment on this week where they were challenging somebody who was uh who had let's say stage fright to come into a bathroom and pee between two guys for a thousand dollars australian or u.s australian okay so they had callers call in with what their most memorable pee was. <laughs> so the natural extension of yes, that. Yeah. So that, that got my brain thinking, oh, well, what was your most memorable drive? That fits with the podcast. Sure, let's go with that. Yeah. So Jess, what was your most memorable drive? Um, it was when Mike and I were first dating. And we decided that the way to decide if we were going to be together 
forever was to go take a road trip together. And so uh, he may have talked about this. You talked about this? I think you did. Yeah, when we talked about the road trip. But go ahead. So road trip. But we decided to drive from here to the Grand Canyon and back on a spring break our senior year. Got amazing experiences through the panhandle of Texas and visited Amarillo and then all the way to the Grand Canyon and then back again. Had to... Was that the trip that we got waylaid due to wildfires? In Oklahoma, Oklahoma was on fire. Literally wow. the entire I state. I am not joking. The, <laughs> the entire highway from Texas to Missouri was under wildfire watch. So wow. we couldn't go through Oklahoma. We had to detour. And I just remember. I sitting, don't think you missed much. Oh, no. It's, no. Oklahoma's awful. And yeah. the only reason. It's basically that, always on fire. The no offense that, to our Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. No oh, offense. It's I'm just sorry. brown there. Though. I was about to tell no my Oklahoma thing. joke. This Should podcast I not? is not well, brought to you by Oklahoma. Je- Jessica yep. was raised in Texas. So she thinks that. I have a really good joke, but I'm not going to say it. Which is. It might be mean. Uh, it might be mean. It is a little mean. Only so. say it if it's explicit. <laughs> yeah. It, it is explicit. It is a little bit explicit. Um, but in any case, we I have fond memories of being in the Camry. And driving across the country and See, back. sedan. Yep. In the sedan. It was lovely. So, the gold um, Camry. Driving through the it snow. It was champagne. In, uh, champagne beige Camry. Is it Arizona? No. What, the, the states between here and <laughs> Arizona? Yeah. The Grand Canyon is in Arizona. No, there was a snow. I could just remember driving through like d- yeah. snowy desert. It snowed. And, so yeah. Flagstaff was under like it three feet like, of snow, and then the Grand Canyon was coated I, in like two feet. It was great. It was I, beautiful. That was my most memorable. Kira? Me? Yes. Uh, I think that I think my most memorable drive was driving from Ohio to Key West, Florida in December. So it was like within a 12 hour period, I experienced all four seasons. <laughs> so started out cold and ended up in the mountains and uh, Appalachian Mountains and the Cumberland Pass and stuff and snow like blizzard kind of snow like, oh, should I pull over? Maybe not. And then you end up in summer in northern Florida, and then you continue on down to this tropical area where it doesn't really get much below 70 ever. So it was like visiting the middle of summer, and that experience was was really cool. I just, it's sort of like appreciating the globe that way. It's all of the the latitudes. All within one like area of the country. Yeah, yeah, and I, just driving north to south in a in the. The winter is just incredible. In what? Your Civic? Yeah. 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 That was part of the... uh, Part of the... Breaking in period. (laughs) Many hundreds of thousands of miles that were on that Civic was a trip to and from Key West, Florida. Yeah. Mike? So, I won't do the Grand Canyon one again. Uh, Freshman... Podcasters appreciate it. uh, Freshman year, uh, our previously mentioned friend Dan and I were roommates... And that summer we did a scout trip uh, and down to the Florida Keys. And so we ended up driving, uh, well, we drove to his place in Nashville. And then we drove from Nashville to the Florida Keys. But we did it with all of our equipment. So I was in their first generation CRV and towing a trailer with two metal canoes on the top. Uh, your gas mileage is not great. Yeah. Shockingly, uh, we gauged it in time, so I could not go more than four hours without filling up. <laughs> so it took us three days to get down there. 
Um, we the, stopped. The hours per gallon rating is sadly <sighs> missing from the uh, sales tags of most. You know, of you need more data points to make an informed decision. I yeah. completely agree. So it took us three days to get down there, but driving through Tennessee and Georgia and Florida um, is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was it was just fun because it, it took us three days and we were just hanging out. And uh, we stopped in Atlanta. Then we stopped in Miami. And then we pulled into, uh, well, we got to the Keys. And so we're driving, you know, over the uh, the highway down there, Highway 1 down there. It's it's beautiful down there. So Did you go all the way across with the, the giant bridge? It's amazing. Yeah, so we uh, our campsite was sort of in the middle, but we did make it all the way to Key West. So. Yeah, it was you just cool. are in the middle of the ocean, yeah. kind of suspended in the sky yeah. on the road. It's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's great, and I understand they've been putting a lot of investment into that highway as well yeah. over the last several years. So it's probably even better now. <laughs> our infrastructure needs all the investment <laughs> it can yeah. get, and I can't imagine that's a a friendly climate for roads with all the no. wind and salt water and all that stuff. Yeah, so. definitely. What about you? Um, for me, uh, I've, I've had a lot of good drives, uh, just cause I like driving so much. Um, I did the California one when I lived out there in my G35 and that was a, a great trip. Um, harrowing cause I did not plan my gas well and almost ran out of gas. <laughs> uh, I rolled into Big Sur on fumes and had to pay like $5 a gallon to fill up because they're filling station could charge that much because it was the only filling station within like 150 miles big surge charge exactly (laughs) (laughs) um i uh i i drove uh on the autobahn in germany and we got to experience thunder snow we did um there's a it's one of the most surreal moments of uh, my driving life we're just driving along at night there was a streak of lightning and yep. a really loud thunder that sounded like it was right above us. <laughs> and then just a blizzard, like a hundred percent snow, zero visibility. Yeah. It was the sort of like the strangest thing I've ever seen. You'd manufacture it in a movie and you'd think, oh, that's not real. We yeah. ran into that on the trip to uh, the Grand Canyon. Jess was asleep, but going through <laughs> New Mexico, we hit the snowstorm. Oh, really? And yeah. Just complete. I almost had to pull over. I couldn't see the, the hood. That's yeah. pretty typical. Me falling Scary. asleep in a car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I would say my most memorable drive is not actually a drive, but a ride, and one that involved both of you. (laughs) Um, My first, uh, and and Kira was actually uh, not here. Where were you? Was it the conference in Rhode Island? Conference in Rhode Island. Um, But I I bought my motorcycle in Arkansas and had to go down and, and get it. And so I drove uh, Mike and Jess down in my car with the assumption that they would drive my car back while I rode my bike. Um, and the promise of going to um, get some throwed rolls yep. uh, <laughs> on the way back. Um, what's the restaurant called? Lambert's. Lambert's, of course. Um, it's, a, it's a like a Cracker Barrel. Well, they throw it's like rolls the original Cracker Barrel. Yeah. Yeah. It's OG. Yeah, yeah. yeah. O- OCB. Yeah. Original Country That's... Bumpkin. <laughs> Cracker Barrel. <laughs> um, but uh, d- during that trip, they were calling for you know a thirty percent chance of rain. I thought you know thirty percent chance. That's I. You were I can, watching it all week. I was, yeah. and I can cope with that <laughs> because this is this is. I mean, I'd taken a motorcycle training course, and I knew that 
like a technically how to ride, but I hadn't been on a really long motorcycle yeah. ride before, let alone on a brand new bike that I'd never ridden before. You'd never ridden in the rain. And I'd all. never ridden in the rain. So um, I went down, got the bike. I started sprinkling like right as we left Arkansas. And we pulled into a gas station, just sort of hung out for a while, and it wasn't really passing, so we just decided, you know, we're going to go a little while. We looked at the radar. We'll, we'll, we'll get out of it. So we got out of it and then uh, got our throat rolls, uh, came back, and then it got dark, and just outside of Rolla, Missouri, uh, the heavens just opened up, and it started, <laughs> like... I, I've never been in a hurricane, but I feel like I can appreciate what an actual hurricane was because it was like probably 50 mile an hour crosswinds because that part of the state is just flat and lightning, thunder, rain everywhere. And I'm trying to stay on this 500 pound motorcycle uh, soaking wet that I've never ridden before, being blown across the lanes, being passed by... I distinctly remember a, uh, a tractor trailer with oranges on the back because <laughs> yeah. every time this trailer would pass me or I would pass it, the wind coming off of it would be so asymmetrical that I would just be blown all over the road. Yeah, the, the crosswind was blowing us in the car. Yeah, and it was just the, the one of the most scary, uh, one of the scariest experiences of my life, and I I I kept thinking I'll just go a little bit further. I'll get through this, you know. This can't last all the way until St. Louis. And eventually I I didn't want to pull over because I thought the rumble strips on the side of the highway would be so um packed with rain that I would just slip and fall. But I was so tense that my muscles were starting to like cramp up and really ache badly and I decided I just I could not take it anymore and I had to pull over underneath an underpass. And I got off the bike and had to adjust my phone, which was just absolutely <laughs> waterlogged and spent the next two days in rice um, and miraculously survived. Um, and I got off the bike and I couldn't stand up because my legs were shaking so badly from how scared I was that I was going to actually die riding that bike that night. Yeah. I'm just um, glad I didn't know... And it, it, it never stopped. Like the rain kept going, awful. and we eventually just decided, okay, I I gotta get home. So we, we had like a three minute window where it lightened up, and yeah. we checked the radar, and there was literally the only gap for thirty miles. Yeah, I remember thinking, can we put the bike in our back and our hatchback, like our, <laughs> our crossover or whatever? Could we open it? Could we somehow get it inside? Because I just, I was terrified. Because yeah, yeah. I was on the passenger side just watching. I mean, Should have gone yeah. like rented a moving van. Or uh, like anything to get it home other than ride it. Yeah. You know? I mean, well, I, we didn't know we were going to run into it. Yeah. yeah. I and, and rain is one thing. This was something else. Yeah. It was crazy. I don't think you ever more than probably five or six car lengths ahead of me but there were times I couldn't see you. The rain was so thick. Yeah. It it was uh, definitely scary and definitely memorable. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's my most memorable ride. Huh, good ride. times. Yeah. yeah. Great yeah. times. Almost. Cheating death. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, anyway, we've ran, we've run about, uh, an hour and 20 minutes longer than yeah, this is about we six usually podcasts. do. So yeah, yeah. I, I guess we'll go ahead and call it there. 
All right. All right. But uh, thank you guys for coming over and for taking part. Yeah, of thanks course. for having us. You're Super welcome fun. anytime. Yeah. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, I will go ahead and leave you with a mystery moment of Zen because I haven't actually figured out what you're going to listen to next. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>